that would stand out above the others, but nothing like the singular kind of thing that blockbusters seem to me to be. But uh, we'll follow your account and see what happens. Well, talking about the blockbuster as it currently, in other way, we're talking about time before the COVID-19 situation. I am going to speak to that because I think it's important to, to talk about how this summer is different. Last summer basically didn't exist in terms of movie release. I mean, there were movies released, and there were big movies released, but they were released uh, to uh, movie houses that were not even half full of time or released on streaming platforms. But uh, a blockbuster is a Hollywood movie that's made with a large budget and big stars. It's extremely popular and brings in a lot of money. Typically, a blockbuster is a fabulous summer movie that audiences line up to see the first weekend it's released. Uh, and we're going to talk about the first two that sort of set the tone that was considered the prototype, Tom, for the summer blockbuster movie. And I think you even mentioned it in your opening statement, Tom. The very first one was in 1975, and that was the movie Jaws. Uh, um, these movies, Tom, are very famous, but everybody's probably going to know what they're about, but we'll give a brief summary. A very large shark uh, sets up a feeding ground off of Amity Island, uh, in uh, the 1975 movie Jaws, and uh, before he is uh, vanquished, uh, it takes the exploits of um, of uh, uh, Richard Dreyfuss and, and Robert Shaw and uh, Roy Scheider to ride on a boat. Uh, uh, to all three out there chasing this extremely large shark and realize the tale. And this is a movie, Tom, that. Uh, yeah, it made it uh, made you scared to go in the water, and um, it has some generally scary moments. At least the very first time that I saw it. And uh, but this is a movie, Tom, that uh, was made for nine million dollars, made by director Steven Spielberg. He had been making other types of things like television movies and things like that. This is his first really big movie, and he was beset with production problems with a mechanical shark and the like, and. He eventually released this movie, and Tom, it went to an unheard of, at the time, 450 screens. Now, you can compare that with a movie like Avengers Endgame that was out uh, to movie screens at four to 5,000 screens, Tom, uh, in 2019. But in 1975, 450 screens was a lot of screens. That was considered to be wide release, Tom. That movie, with a budget of $9 million, made $472 million. It was released in June, this is important, it was released in June of 1975 and is regarded that its release and the movie itself as a watershed event in motion picture history. This movie, Tom, is part of the National Film Registry, which uh, accepts films that have a culturally, historically, uh, or aesthetically significant uh, contribution to making motion pictures. And so, Tom, that's Jaws, and you'll remember that movie. Uh, the scariest part of that movie is when Roy Scheider is at the back of the boat. He's dipping chum off the back, and that shark comes up right out of the water. And there for a moment, I was wondering if I'd lost my lunch, Tom. Well, I can remember George, who, as I said, George Brody used to do our movie trivia, who said that he had, he'd gone shopping to the supermarket that day and bought some uh, Red meat is what he bought, and he said after seeing Jaws, he decided he couldn't eat it that particular night, so he, he skipped it. But uh, it, I could tell that as much as he was our movie person for about 20 years, and 
uh, I could tell this much as he talked about Jaws, that it, it made a great impression on him. Now, did you say there were two that you wanted to use as markers yeah, at the beginning? Yeah, the other one is Star Wars, Tom, and uh, everybody, everybody should know what Star Wars is about, but I've discovered there are some people, especially younger people, who have never seen Star Wars, Tom. Uh, and uh, so Star Wars is about uh, George Lucas's science fiction movie. He had thought about making one a few years earlier when he made something called uh, THX 1138. Uh, but he, this is about a um, sort of a farm boy in outer space, Tom, that uh, joins up with a, a rebel uh, group of people that are, are fighting off the evil empire that is uh, run by the emperor and his various governors and his lackey, uh, Darth Vader, Tom, and everybody will remember all of that. And this movie, um, again, it's the other part of the prototype, Tom. Uh, it was released on May 25th, 1977. In some places, Tom, it ran the entire year, okay? Um, I didn't see it until next year when they re-released it in Goldsboro, which, of course, is where we're from. But in places in Hollywood, I think it's in like you know, Groman's Chinese Theater or places like that, um, they ran, this movie ran the whole year, Tom, and uh, it won seven Academy Awards, mostly in the technical field. It's also in the film registry. Tom, on a budget of uh, $11 million, it made $775.8 million. I read a note today that, that Alec Guinness, uh, he, uh, had a con he plays Obi-Wan Kenobi in it, um, and I'll be glad to fill this out if anybody wants to know. But Obi-Wan Kenobi was played by Alec Guinness, a very famous actor and a very serious actor. And instead of a paycheck, Tom, he took uh, about 2.25% uh, 2, 2, uh, of the 5% gross that was dedicated to go to people other than the production and the owner of the, um, the uh, studio that made the movie. Uh, well, of course, this made Mr. Alec Guinness a very rich man toward the end of his life because you can do the math. I did just to see what it came out to be. To be Tom, 2.25 percent of 5 percent of 775 million dollars is not a bad bit of change. Yeah, sometimes we're going to have to talk about when uh, stars and participants in movies, not necessarily stars, but Alex Guinness types and, and stars and so on, decided to take a cut of the of the box office rather than take a set fee. But that that. But uh, it's a good comparison that you made there tonight. Can we pause now and take a break, Stephen, before you go on? Any Tell further? me we can, Tom. Stephen Kearney is our guest tonight. He loves movies, and uh, he's talking about a, question, a subject that we and he and I have talked about many times, and that is the concept of the summer blockbuster, which was not always there. In fact, uh, we've just got the beginning of the modern version of it in 1975 with uh, the movie Jaws. And uh, we're going to come back, and he's going to talk about some of the other blockbuster movies that have been issued in summers, as that's be kind of become a prominent way of, of showcasing big movies. And, and they're sort of out there by themselves sometimes in the summer. And uh, a lot of people go watch them, and a lot of people pay a lot of money. We're going to find out about that when we come back after this. Talking about movies kind of movies that come out just about this time of year, historically, in the summer anyway, summer blockbuster movies. And uh, Stephen, as I pass it back to you, I read somewhere today when preparing for, for your program that this, this season for 
summer blockbuster movies that it was usually somewhere between sometime in May and, and uh, Labor Day, and uh, it would be a movie that would appear. And if we were doing it today, we're just about in the middle of that particular time period. But you've got some other movies that you want to talk about. I, I do, Tom, I, and we do have to define when summer is. Summer is generally accepted, even though I think it has a different calendar designation, but around from Memorial Day, which is in May, right, Tom, to Labor Day, which is the first of September. Yep, exactly, um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and you can have a movie release in the summer and it make a lot of movie, a lot of money, Tom, but it's not necessarily a summer blockbuster release. Uh, Star Wars and Jaws uh, created a trend whereby the major film studios and distributors, they actually plan their annual, you mean yearly, marketing strategy around a big release by July 4th, which was two days ago. Uh, the next movie we're going to talk about, Tom, is in 1978, and it was, it fits this category. It was released in June, June 16th of 1978, and I think even to this day, Tom, remains the number one musical movie of all time. It took that over from The Sound of Music, and that's the movie, the movie Grease, Tom, uh, starring uh, John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, Starker Channing, Jeff Conaway, Eve Arden, uh, Sid Caesar, this movie takes you back to the 1950s, Tom, and I think you might say that it's a complete and utter fantasy. But it's a it's a it's a film uh, it's, it's a film about a play, a play that did very well on Broadway. It's different than the Broadway play, and it almost has to be, Tom. But this movie is a very very fun movie. Um, it was made for six million dollars. Again, we said it was released in June. I actually saw it four times, Tom, while I was in the theater. I was going to say, I know this is one of your favorite movies. So. It, it is, it is. I, I mean, I, I, I won't, I'll admit that. I just, and I watch at least some of it every time it's on. Tom, it made $366.2 million. So if you subtract the budget, it made $360 million for its uh, its producers. And that's a pretty good, again, chunk of change. And that fits the category. It was released by major studios. It was released in June during, during the period of time between May and September. Release said that it could be hitting its stride, Tom, around July 4th, and it simply made a lot of money. And like I say, I saw it four times when it was in the theater that long, Tom. Tom okay, Greece. Like Greece. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, you were saying something about Greece? I was just going to say Greece. Uh, I always like to resume watch Greece. Stephen's talking about Greece, and now he's going on to the next movie, which right, is. The next movie, Tom, I actually saw the first night it came out. And 1981, did not know what I was going to see, but it was it was released June uh, the 12th of 1981, and it's Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, an excellent movie, Tom, an adventure movie in which a daring do-gooder archaeologist uh, manages to save uh, a, a religious artifact, the Ark of the Covenant, Tom, uh, from the hands of the Nazi uh, uh, Nazi regime, and he does so in about 1936, and to see how he does it, you need to go see the movie. Also stars Karen Allen, Tom. It's a really, really good movie. I saw it about two weeks ago with some friends because I just like to see it every so often. Made for $20 million, Tom. It made $389.9 million. It also uh, gave us, um, let's see, to date, three sequels, and they're making the fourth one right now, Tom. That was the next uh, question I was going to ask, and Harrison Ford was having some pretty good years along in there. He he was making a lot of cash, yes. Yeah, he's not doing too badly. He was in Star Wars. Of course, Star Wars, 
there are two sequels that follow the, the, the middle three. The one he is in is number four. And then there are, let's see if I can count this right, there's three, so there's six other sequels and prequels, Tom, that follow the Star Wars saga. And uh, the one that we talk about in 1977 is actually installment number four. If you don't know the story, first of all, I feel sorry for you at least a little bit. I'll be glad to tell you about it, but uh, it's available uh, at your various uh, DVD stores. And, Tom, it's on just about every weekend in the summer. Tom, in 1984, we got the first uh, horror comedy that made a lot of money. And uh, there had been something similar to it back when Abbott and Costello was doing something called Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. Uh, the movie, what I'm talking about, Tom, is the movie Ghostbusters. And you're talking about uh, Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, and uh, I'm trying to think of the other guy from Saturday Night Live, Dan Aykroyd. They formed, along with Ernie Hudson, the four Ghostbusters, and what they're about doing is capturing ghosts in the city of New York, circa 1984. And they happen to run into a demon who, or a god, if you will, who's uh, threatening to break through the dimensional barrier and take over through New York, the world. Tom, this movie was released on June 7th, 1984. Had a budget of 25 to 30 million. Pretty good budget. Uh, but it made 295.2 million, Tom. Coined a catchphrase, who you going to call? Well, we don't even, if you ever say that now in public, everybody thinks Ghostbusters. Uh, it uh, gave us a song that everybody remembers. And that summer, Tom, it was the movie to see. Uh, and there's a sequel out right now that they're trying to figure out when and how they can release it. And it's called, there's been several. There's been a Ghostbusters 2. There's been a Ghostbusters with just a women, women's cast. They actually reversed the sexes, Tom. And this is a sort of straight sequel to one and two. It's called Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I think they've completed the time. They're just trying to figure out how to release it. But here in 2021, a movie in 1984, it still, still resonates with the viewing public. Well, we've got uh, less than a minute before we have to take our break. So I'll just mention that you, you've got these franchises that have been created and where you have multiple sequels. And I'm personally a person who likes just the original movie usually and not the franchise, that, you know, the franchise, the sequels that come along. But uh, it does suggest that they're they're milking it for all that it's worth, and a lot of it depends, as you suggested in another context, marketing and so on. Stephen, if you'll hold on now, we're going to take a break, check the news, find out about the weather, and then we'll come back and talk some more about the movies here on WPTF. And I'll remark also that tomorrow night we're going to talk about international broadcasting with Woody Seymour, one of our longtime listeners. Back right after this. In the trade, we call that our bumper meeting because it bumps us back in. Tom Kearney here reminding you that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, our longtime listener and sometimes colleague, Woody Seymour, is going to be with us tomorrow night. He came to, to us back uh, about 25, 30 years ago. Uh, when we did a lot of programs about shortwave radio. And I wanted him to come by and visit with us and talk about international broadcasting because it's really kind of significant in, the, in, the, in a, a global world situation. And uh, when you uh, get uh, American news passed through uh, American uh, broadcast company filters, well, what you need is a, a view from 
from outside the system, and that's what you can get with the BBC and Deutsche Welle and, and other news services around the world. Radio Australia, for instance, can tell you a lot about what's going on in the Far East that you don't hear. Anyway, Woody's going to be with us tomorrow, and Wednesday night we're going to have a nostalgia show, and among the things that we will talk about that night, as, as well as nostalgic items, is to keep our eye on, on the weather situation because the uh, Elsa will be passing through the eastern part of North Carolina during Thursday, and you'll want to stay tuned to WPTF to keep up with that. Friday night will be a trivia night, of course. Tonight we're talking about movies with Stephen Kearney. We're talking about a particular type of movie, or, or, or well, I won't say genre because that's not it, but it's something they discovered they could get away with and make a lot of money back in 1975, and that was the summer movie that was offered up with a lot of merchandising and a lot of hype and a lot of people uh, to get out of the hot, go in. Stephen, I can remember when the, the Carolina Theater in Goldsboro said 30 degrees cooler inside or something like that, but people uh, went to the went to the ticket window and paid their money and saw Jaws. And after that, a lot of other movies, and you're running down some of those tonight to remind us of them. And you and I, we have to remember that some parts of our audience are not as old as we are and may not remember them, so we're kind of giving them a history lesson tonight. So are you ready to go back to another movie? Sure, Tom. Um, getting out of the hot weather is the... If I can find any reason to get out of the hot weather, I'll do that. And certainly watching a movie is a good reason to do that, Tom. So, but tonight we're talking about summer blockbuster movies primarily. And uh, so far, Tom, we're dealing with movies that range from 1975 to... Uh, the late 80s and early 90s. That's not to say that these movies uh, were not and have not been out since then. They have been. But one of the things that happened, and I won't spend a lot of time on this, but when every studio develops a blockbuster and puts it out there, Tom, not every one of them is going to be a blockbuster. And that's what's happened, at least in part, uh, when you start taking big bites of, a, of, of an apple or big bites of a pie, Eventually, the pie gets very, very small, and so not everything can be a blockbuster like it was back in 1975 and 1977. And also, uh, within the last two years, the world changed, Tom, due to COVID-19. And so we can't even really talk too much about blockbusters now. But the next movie, Tom, is oddly enough, one of your favorites, one of my favorites, one of Ronald Reagan's favorites. And it has a line in there about somebody that could have been his vice president. You know what movie I'm talking about, Tom? Uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, Back to the Future. Morning McFly hangs around with the Dr. Brown, and Dr. Brown's pretty unique because he can get a DeLorean and turn it into a time machine, which is what he does. All of this is fantastical and wonderful at the same time, and it is a movie that is completely entertaining from beginning to end in every possible way. Uh, two sequels follow, Tom, but the first one is by far the best, and is, in my opinion, the classic movie, and Tom, if there ever was a summer blockbuster movie uh, with big-name stars uh, planned to be released in the middle of the summer to make a lot of money, this is it. Tom, it was released on July 3rd, 1985. uh, They made the movie for $19 million, and it made $388.8 million, Tom, and is, a, in my opinion, a certifiable classic. Uh, how do you know one of the classic movies that you've been watching all your life? Well, sometimes you guess, sometimes you just know, and this is one time. I would say I just know that this is a classic movie that they're going to be watching for years to come. 
It's a good movie. It's much better than the two sequels. It's a good movie. It's a funny movie. There's some scenes in it that are literally, literally priceless. And the whole question of time travel is taken seriously. You can, you can, you can learn a little bit about what the problems might be if you, if you are working with the problem of dating your mother and kind of screwing up the whole uh, genealogical line there somewhere. But then again, you'll have to go to the movie to see that. And uh, yeah, and, uh, of like course, you want to buy the and then drive it 88 miles an hour just for the fun. Well, you almost quoted it. You did quote the line, but, of course, Dr. Brown wants to, wants to know. Uh, 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 he finds yeah, out that really Ronald Reagan is president, and he wants to know who the vice president is. And if you know the answer to that, you get a gold star. You do get a gold star, Tom. He thought it was, we wanted to know if it was Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Who's the vice president, Jerry Lewis? And apparently when Ronald Reagan thought that, he just thought that was terrific. And you know what? I understand why he thought it was terrific. I think it's pretty terrific, too. So okay. This movie is, I'm sorry. I'm I said okay. Well, that's there. good. Back to the future. And uh, it would be in my top ten if I went to a desert island. Well, you've often asked me about the uh, desert island experience, Tom. And I think Back to the Future might be on your desert island list and mine, too. Okay. Good. 1982, Tom, we've got a chance for all the kids out there to have a visit from an outer space person. Uh, in 1979, the movie Alien showed us a really bad alien, Tom, one that wanted to kill everybody. And in 1982, we got a visit from somebody whose who's heart kind of glowed, Tom, and uh, it gave us a song, and it gave us, made Reese's Pieces really popular, and Steven Spielberg did it again, Tom. The movie was E.T., the extraterrestrial, and we learn about Elliot and E.T. wanting to phone home, if you will. And it was a movie for the ages. Drew Graymore is absolutely adorable as a young, I think she's six to eight or somewhere around the time. Um, you know, and the bad people are the government that are trying to trying to find E.T. and hold him and, and basically analyze him. He eventually escapes, and there, there hangs the tale. This movie was released on June 11, 1982. Uh, and uh, it actually was released a little bit earlier than that in, in Con, Tom, but it was released in the United States on June 11th of 1982, which is where it would get its summer blockbuster designation that was released to the Foreign Film Festival, Tom. Uh, Since you mentioned it. Uh... Million, it made $792.9 million, Tom. Pretty good in Star Wars. Pretty good return on your dollar, and since you mentioned it, the Cannes Film Festival opened today. Well, there you go. And again, it's a summer experience, this time in France. Uh, if you want to go and see uh, some really good movies, some questionable movies, some controversial movies with the beautiful people, that's where you go. That's it. Tom, uh, and I want to take a moment to note this. Not every blockbuster is released in the summer. Uh, but this next one was, and it was released on June 24, 1989, and uh, it sort of was the culmination or the beginning, uh, the culmination of, of a decade-long experience with superheroes, Tom, that began with the release of Superman in 1978. Also a blockbuster, Tom, but released in December. And you and I were talking this afternoon that a lot of times, in the old days, if you will, when the old days were, the blockbuster might be released around Christmas time, and the idea was is that people were traveling over the summer and they wouldn't stay home and go to a movie. 
in a, it's July the 6th, in case you missed it. Uh, I have to look at the calendar two or three times every day to make sure I don't get lost. Stephen, we've got about time for two or three more movies to, tonight in, in our review of uh, summer blockbuster movies to remind people about a little bit of the history of those. They've, I think, sort of become the way that a lot of people see movies, and there are, of course, lots of other movies that people watch, but but the thing that gets so much press is the one that gets all the hype along the way. And so um, we're going to talk about you and see what movies you want to talk about now. Well, Tom, I do want to talk about the sort of the Harry Potter phenomenon. Um, from seven books, we get eight movies. And, uh, you know, we talked a few moments ago about the Christmas release as well as the summer blockbuster, which we've been talking about. Well, the final two movies of the Harry Potter movie uh stretch. One was released in Christmas, uh, I think, of 2010, and then the 20th summer of 2011, the, the last one, which was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 was released. Um, these movies, Tom, were, you know, you tend to look at them as a group. Uh, eight movies, Tom, were made, took a lot of money to make them, but Tom, they made billions of dollars worldwide, and they influenced a generation of young people to read and uh, they continue to have an influence even today. And, Tom, this is also a movie that is on pretty much every weekend. Uh, Tom, some of the other movies that we can talk about or we can talk about at length, uh, the movie Alien in 1979 was set up to, uh, to show you what it was like to have a horror movie in outer space. This was the bad alien movie, Tom, by Ridley Scott. That's uh, extremely scary, uh, very tense. And again, it was the summer of Blockbuster from 1979. Uh, Tom, in 1986, uh, Tom Cruise had the need for speed, and he took part in the Navy's uh, uh, flight school out there where they trained people to fly um, jets and involve them in dogfights. And they actually, I think, get involved with a uh, dogfight with some Russians, if you will, Tom. Uh, 1986, that was the summer Blockbuster movie. Uh, the movie Jurassic Park in the early 90s, I think it's 1993. It had competition, Tom. I think the competition was from Forrest Gump, but uh, this is a movie that uh, everybody would go see dinosaurs, Tom, and that's what everybody did. Again, a movie that cost a lot to make with all the special effects. Also a Spielberg movie, Tom, but uh, one that made a tremendous amount of uh, money and there is, uh, even as we speak, Tom, they're finishing up a yet another Jurassic Park movie. I wanted to take a moment, Tom, to talk about what happened last year to last year's uh, targeted summer blockbuster movies. And we know that that really didn't happen because things got shut down in March, and they only are now beginning to recover to a certain degree. I think you would agree with that. Is that, that am I correct, Tom? Yeah, I think so, that? yeah. Well, yeah, the movie yeah. last year was the movie Tenet, which you really have to watch. It's a very involved movie. Uh, it ended up mainly being released. It was released to the theaters, to the brick and mortar theaters, but it was also released to the streaming services. And streaming is television, Tom, through one of the streaming devices, either Netflix or Amazon or, or, or Hulu or the like. Uh, the movie Godzilla vs. King Kong was also one that was considered to be a a major money maker, and it was released primarily uh, to the streaming services, as well as Wonder Woman 1984, which was released on Christmas Day, Tom, and you can see it now only on streaming services. It was simultaneously released both to the theaters as well as the streaming service. In our current year, Tom, it's hard to figure what's 
what's going to happen because you can't plan for a blockbuster like you used to. But uh, the two big ones so far, one's already come out. It came out just, I think, just last week. It's F9, which is the ninth installment of the Fast and Furious franchise, which is sort of my guilty pleasure, Tom. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to watch those guys race those cars around and do all those things that they do with them. And the movie Bright Widow, which is opening this coming Friday, Tom, that's considered to be, or was at one time considered to be, a tentpole event for the summer. Uh, we mentioned the Ghostbusters. Hold on, hold on, hold on, stop. What is a tentpole event? Tentpole event meaning that it sort of holds up everything else, which is okay. like a blockbuster. Well, you that's what remember. a blockbuster is, is that it's head and shoulders above everything else, and it holds up the whole tent where everybody else falls under the cover, if you will. Well, I knew something was going on because the woman who's in that movie, and I can't think of her name right now, uh, is making the rounds of the talk shows now. So Scarlett Johansson is the one. Jo- Johansson, that's right, Scarlett Johansson. She's, and that's one way you can tell. You you wonder how why big stars show up on you know on certain talk shows day or night, and that that's the reason. You know, Stephen. One reason I thought we could stop here was we do need, in fact, to stop. But I've enjoyed this and. I just wish we'd had enough time that we could stop and talk about some of the other issues. And But maybe you and I can do that on the slide, on the private. But thanks for being with us tonight. And Thank I'm you, going to give I'm going to give you a call a little bit later, if that's all right with you. Yes, sir. Stephen Kearney, our expert on movies, talking about summer blockbusters. Learned a lot tonight. Tomorrow night, we're going to talk about international broadcasting and what you can learn by listening to the BBC.